Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. Today's guest is Lauren Haynes, who is a clinical herbalist, and she's an entrepreneur and the founder of Wooden Spoon Herbs. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Nikki. So nice to see you. Hi, everyone else. Nice to be with you. Yeah, this is such a special time. I'm really excited to connect with you and learn more about your journey. We've, you know, connected over the years through social media and just being in the same space, but I've never actually heard your story and you've built such a beautiful business with so much integrity over the years. And it's always really fun for me to learn more about your people's stories. So I can't wait, but first I always love to learn a little bit more background and history and kind of, um, you know, even get into, like, I didn't know that you were a clinical herbalist even. I think I forgot that. I know that we've done stuff together, but, um, tell us a little bit about that and what got you into it and where you live. (laughs) (laughs) A huge question, but, um, Cool. Yeah. So I live in Northwest Georgia in a little mountain town on the southernmost Appalachian mountain. And I always tell people for reference that it's halfway between Atlanta and Nashville, Um, but kind of like tucked off in the corner. You spend time in those areas or you usually like tucked away secluded? Yeah, we definitely go to the both places. I really love Nashville. I like Atlanta as well for like our city dose or like we'll go have a day where we, you know, eat at restaurants and shop and like all of those things. But um, it seems like it's been a while now, you know, in June. But yeah, those are totally the places we go. And then we're also near Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is where I'm from, which yeah, is about an hour away. So we kind of on in normal times, we'll go to town like once or twice a week and, and then kind of have our secluded, like, you know, hermitage to fall back on. But, um, yeah, I'm from Chattanooga and I live about an hour away, even though growing up, you know, I was like, I'm going to get so far away and somehow like found my way back here. And, um, but which is great cause I am close with my family. So it's nice to be near them. Um, and yeah, about, I went to, um, before you get going, since we're talking about your house and where you live and stuff, are you, um, and now I'm like super curious, are you living with a partner? Are you living by yourself? Yeah, I live with a long-term partner and we've been here for four years, uh, like, like, exactly four years. Um, and we've really fallen in love with it. We thought it was going to be temporary, like, Oh, we'll move out to the country until we figure out where we want to live. And it's another thing of just like falling in love with it. And I mean, it's just cost of living is amazing and it's nice to have no neighbors. And we just live in this gorgeous, like passive solar cabin. That's like on 400 acres of like conservation easement and the property boundary is a river. Uh, that's like spring fed. I mean, it's, so beautiful. Um, And I've seen photos. So I'm always just like, Oh my goodness. I thought I had to ask you about the, um, you know, your home and where you're living and stuff. How isolated am I? Yeah. (laughs) Thank God for the internet, you know? I know, but it's so funny because like now so many people are just reimagining their lives and what they want. And what you're doing is like exactly the way most a lot of people that I've been speaking to would love to, um, live their life. So I think it's really cool. You've been doing it this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, it definitely kind of was like, Oh, we're actually perfectly situated for this situation or, you know, for the current like times. Yeah. Um, 
And then, you know, even deeper than that, it's like, is this going to happen again? Should we like really like settle down here kind of thing? But, um, I totally get that. Like I had always romanticized living this way and it, it has far surpassed my expectations for sure. That's awesome. Okay. No, I know we're going to, I want to get into just your history because talking about where you are right now, the obviously, um, perfect way to live as a clinical herbalist, right? As someone who just, you know, is so connected with nature and the land. So, um, but just growing up where you are too, it seems like that definitely made an impact on your, on your life and your trajectory as, and your career. So tell us about that. and What, um, you know, is that what made the biggest impact on you, um, turning to this type of career? Not necessarily. I mean, I think that it's definitely just like my personal interests. Um, yeah, I think that like Chattanooga is a very like outdoorsy town. There's not a ton of like cultural, you know, there's not a lot of like art and science happening. It's like very techie and very outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of like what there was to get from it. And I always appreciate how beautiful it was. And I've always felt very connected to the land here. Um, and my family's lived in this area for like four to five generations, depending on which side of the family. So there's like a ton of history here. Like they immigrated from like Russia and, um, Germany, like straight to Chattanooga, which is like wild to think about. Um, so some of the places that I go, like, like spend time with plants now are places where my, you know, great great grandmother was in a German community. And that's just like also very special and, you know, kind of hard to leave, honestly. Um, but yeah, I think that like, it was more cultural interests that kind of like looped me back around to what I'm doing now. And then just like, it's what I was into as a kid. So, um, it feels really right to be doing it like, you know, full-time as a career. Full-time, I'm sure. (laughs) Did you have siblings? I have a younger brother. Yeah. And are they as, um, you know, into the outdoors as you or? Yeah, kind of like we always went camping as kids and he's definitely into like camping and fishing and being outside, but as a hobby, like, yeah. Yeah. Not as a full-time career. Yeah. So are you running Wooden Spoon Herbs with your partner? And when did you start it? Yeah, we work together. Um, we He helps me. He's the fulfillment manager and like runs all of that side of things. And I started the business in 2014 as like a total side hustle. I was working at a cafe and I was um, always bringing in like tea blends that I had made for myself because I wasn't drinking caffeine. And there was like a huge coffee culture component to the cafe. So um, finally my boss was like, what, what are you, what are you in, what's in your jar? And I was like, Oh, you know, like herbal tea blends. Um, and I was like, I could blend them for the coffee bar if you want. And he's like, yeah, like, please, you know? So that's how I really started was like, they really supported me and were like, what you're doing is cool. You know, like this is something we're interested in helping you kind of foster. And yeah. So that kind of turned into like me selling at the farmer's market, the same tea blends and then other things that I'd made from just like growing herbs or like foraging, um, which I don't do as much now, but I was really into back then. Um, foraging yeah. sounds so fun. I, I was just on a hike this morning and I know a lot of, um, florists, 
that instead of like buying flowers at the flower market, they go and forage and then they, you know, do weddings that way and stuff. So I've never gone and like foraged for herbs or flowers, but it sounds so um, just magical. Yeah. I think it's just like, it's, it just makes everything more interesting, especially like, for example, like wild asparagus or wild fruit, you know, it's kind of just like this thing that you've always seen like out of context and it, yeah, it's special, but you know, it's like, there's also so much to learn. And I think that you have to be careful and there's, yeah, there's just a lot to yeah, learn about. Totally. You could like eat something you never know. But did you, when you were working at the cafe and you were formulating these herbal tea blends and doing that, was that before or after um, your school? It was, it was before. Yeah. So I was self-taught. I mean, just like pure, like rabid passion, you know, for like the first probably two or three years, I was just, I went to my favorite used bookstore called the book company in Chattanooga, which rest in peace. Like it was, I, it was magical. And I cleaned out like their entire like herbalism section and like their entire like nutrition section and, and just read it all. And that was kind of my first education along with like trial and error of making things and then learning about foraging, which I had already been into prior. So that's kind of how I got into, or like stumbled upon really herbalism was just, um, being into wild foods and being like, Oh wait, these also have like other, they can do things like (laughs) beyond just like being packed with nutrition. Um, so that's kind of like, yeah, how I came around to that. That's so fun. And yeah. how long do does someone go to school to become a clinical herbalist? Well, so with herbalism, there's no real accreditation. So, you know, if you're like making tinctures at home or like making, you know, kombucha with herbs, you if you want to be an herbalist, like you can call yourself an herbalist, right? Because there's no, like, it's not like being a medical doctor where you go to school for eight years and you have a curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um So I went to, and every herb school is different. Some are online, some are a year, some are, my school was three years and it was every, um, every, it was one week in a month for three years. And so it was a clinical path. So the governing body for herbalism is called the American Herbalist Guild. And it's like herbal elders, people who've been doing it for decades and decades are kind of like on the board. And my teacher was on the board of that. And so her school was very geared towards like, okay, like when you're finished with my school, you can take the test and become a registered herbalist or you can see clients. And, and so I do see clients like a select few when I have time, like that's something that I'm really passionate about as well. Um, but yeah, so my school was three years and it was called the Appalachian center for natural health and was in like the middle of nowhere in Alabama. And my teacher was like a fifth generation herbalist and Reiki master and, um, learned from her parents and some people in her community. So it was a very special education and yeah, every education is different, but mine was great. Did you um, just travel to Alabama from, yeah, I just want the, yeah. Yeah. People came from like, people came from like Minneapolis, New Orleans. We had like a huge New Orleans contingent, which was six hours away. People came from Asheville, which was like eight hours away. Like, but for me, it was an hour and a half. So I got off easy. Yeah. That's cool. Oh my gosh. How fun. Do you think that when you were learning, was there a sense of, um, just like tuning in and into your intuition when you're working with someone, I always ask people like a sense of like being somewhat clairvoyant when you're creating these blends. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a great question. I think that like, um, 
my teacher would always say like, that's a huge part of it. And that's, that's what I can't teach. Right. So, you know, you kind of build your palette and then you paint with it. That's how I think of it is like my formulas for wooden spoon are all kind of, there aren't things that I sat down and mapped out. They're things that I like knew went together, like automatically it was like, Oh yeah, this, this, and this, that's perfect kind of thing. And it's just for me, like a feeling like when you, when you are working with, um, you know, three to four herbs, it's like, you want, they just have to feel right together. And a lot of times I'll look at like, you know, like bigger herb companies who have like been around for ages. And I'm just like, you guys are thinking about it too much. You know what I mean? Like there, it was like, I would never put those together. They just don't feel right. So it's a huge guiding force for me. And I feel like having been out of herb school for years now, when I go back, because I do go back from time to time, um, you know, my teacher will like give a protocol and I'm like, "Mm, that's awesome. I like would do this, this, and this. And it's like, yeah, totally. You can do that too. You know, like you just, I have a different palette that I'm painting with. So yeah, Yeah, it's just a different path to get to maybe the same place, like an immune boosting blend, but there's just so many different ways of getting there or doing it. So fun. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it really fun. And also like just thinking about the energetics of the formula and the person, that's why I love doing one-on-one consultation because they're so like, everybody is so different. And that's the challenge with having kind of like a brand is it's like, how do you serve the most people with like, you know, one formula? Yeah, I know. Cause this idea of like one size fits all medicine that we, I always say, you know, um, Western, or I mean, yeah, new medicine is really what it is. What is it? Western medicine. They just have that sense that like this one pill will cure everyone and it's not the same. And, um, luckily herbs work in such a beautiful way with people and they adapt, but Mm -hmm. still it's the same idea. It's, it's trying to help everyone, but having a custom one would be ideal if someone's really wanting to work on something specific. Right. How did you get from so you were doing tea blends. So you had a company, was it called Wooden Spoon Herbs? I didn't have a company then. I just oh, like, like, I was going to sell at a friend, a friend has an art studio and every year they had this annual Christmas, um, sale. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to come up with a name. And then, I mean, you know, you've named things before. What a torturous process. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh. So that's how I got the name was because I had a reason to sell stuff. So yeah. So it's always been wooden spoon herbs though. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Always. I've like changed my name a million times because I'm always like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think about it. Um, yeah. So, okay. So then you, at the Christmas party was when you got ready to, um, name the brand and you were doing the tea blends. Then you went to school. Um, were you do when you went to school, were you still working at the cafe? No, actually. So in 2016, I left my job at the cafe to do wooden spoon full time. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was like a huge leap of faith. And it kind of like, I mean, it was one of those magical like points in time when all of a sudden I had time to go to herb school because I worked on the weekends and all of a sudden I had time to focus on wooden spoon full time. And that actually was the same year, like a few months after I left my job, they, and they announced they were closing. And then we found the place where we live now and we moved out to the country. So I couldn't have kept the job anyway. So it was just, um, 
yeah. So by the time I went to herb school, I was doing one spoon full time, which at the time was like, yeah, you know, I just left and was kind of like, okay, now how does this work? Um, and living where I do now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause like full time then it, it's just so different, right? When you're first starting a company, it's like, you do do so much work then, but then it constantly, your capacity to do more work grows. So like, even though you're working full time, it just like keeps going and going. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure like leaving and going full time and like, do you have experience growing a brand and figuring out, oh my gosh, how do I even do this? How do I get the, I mean, what you and I are doing right now too, right? We're like, you're formulating something with us and figuring out the branding, the containers that I know, do you know anything about FDA compliance? Like how did you learn all of that? Uh, Time, hard work, trial and error, like, you know, feeling my way through the darkness and then finally like putting in enough work where I had figured it all out. And well, now it's starting to come together. I feel like this kind of like fresh, uh, brand is absolutely a new business to me. Like I feel like we built it from the ground up. Like we've changed absolutely everything for the better. And like, yeah. So truly just like learning as I go. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, there's so much in there to unpack though, because I told what you mean by that. And, um, I don't, I want to know a little bit more, like, is it consolidating a little bit? Is it, you know, Mm -hmm. trademarking things, just learning and thinking about building a brand versus like creating beautiful products that help people, which I think Mm -hmm. go hand in hand, but maybe sometimes it's product first, just getting it out there to help people. And then now seeing the bigger picture, like, tell me more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love talking about this stuff. So I feel like at first it was just like, you know, super like punk, like get it to the people, help people, you know, like just getting it out there. Like that was my mission and what was important to me. So what did you start with? Like what products and how many? I started when I like literally started, started, I was at the farmer's market, like making 10 of everything at a time. And there was no rhyme or reason. It was just like truly very seasonal, whatever I could, um, forage or get from farmers at the farmer's market or grow myself is what I formulated around. So I started with my ingredients first and it was just like tiny batches of like single tinctures or like, uh, tea blends. And then when I, when I, in 2016, when I went full-time, I was like, okay, well, I guess the way you do this is you get a wholesale line. And so then I just kind of reverse engineered, like, what are the things that I feel like what are 10 things I feel like people struggle with and how can I address that? Yeah. So that's when I came up with the line that I have now, really, it's the same formulas for the most part. Um, and that was again, all based on what ingredients I had to work with because I was still sourcing hyper locally and like oftentimes going to the farms, picking the herbs myself, processing them. Um, yeah. Which is beautiful and not a sustainable business model, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. But it's like, that's the essence of wooden spoon herbs, like that essence that it's still there. It's still part of it. But now you have to think about how can I help more people? And also yeah. how can I save my energy and my sanity so that I can do that? Right? <laughs> like, that's- yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I had a couple burnout places before I was like, 
um, no, you have set hours, you don't work weekends. And that's been like only in the past year or so that it's like, I've had to have those parameters, but it really came down to like, okay, I want to make beautiful medicines. Okay. They're really helping people. Okay. This is growing organically. How do I preserve the longevity of my brand? And the way you do that as a supplement company, I'm sure, you know, you can relate is you get super compliant. You get super above board. You do everything up to spec, up to regulation. Like we always had amazing practices. We always had great record keeping, of course, but like now, now it's next level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know you do what you need to in the beginning to get by because again, like, I don't know about you, but for me, I definitely, I'm like, Oh, I'm the type of person where before everything had to be perfect or else I wouldn't do something. And And then when I went to start my company, I was like, I can't operate that way because I'll never actually produce anything if everything has to be perfect. Like, I'm just going to figure it out as I go because you you just can't. Like, you're always going to be criticizing everything that you do. It's never going to be good enough. So it's fun to do it that way. I love the mantra, like progress, not perfection. Right. Yeah. Like that's been my guiding light this whole time. And my boyfriend who does all of our fulfillment, he is the biggest perfectionist. So we make a great team. Cause he's always, awesome. <laughs> yeah, you always need a perfectionist on your team. Yeah. For sure. I have, everyone else except for me is, is great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So how many of you are, um, working at wooden spoon herbs now? We have, um, two full-time, one part-time, and then a handful of freelance that we work with. So all in all, like eight, about to be nine. Awesome. It's so work to manage people too. Is that that you have grown to love, hate, like what's that been like? I feel like managing a team is something I'm still learning. Like, and it's so like, um, individual with every new person like you have to learn each other and you have to learn like okay how yeah like what's everybody's role again so it's been good that we have grown slowly and um lily who works with us full-time and is our brand manager she worked with us freelance for a year so we had a really good like working relationship so that i could hire her full-time after really getting to know her and being like oh we're actually an amazing team and so yeah it's just one person at a time i don't know i i know that you have like an amazing team too and i always like think about that i'm like just how much goes into it and how much goes into like making a happy team. <laughs> I, know. I think it's, um, it's really interesting because I, when I set out to start my company, I really wanted to, um, I followed this idea of using business as a way to transform and like grow in life and to learn more about myself and connect with others. And, um, and I took like a course from the founders of cafe gratitude on that same thing. And they, yeah, it's like, I don't even remember the name of the course. I wish I did. Um, it'll come to me, but they really taught me that because you show up and you you're all in. Like, I think a lot of companies are like, leave your shit at home and just come to work and get your stuff done when really like you bring it all and we work it out and we, in their practice, like, have you been a cafe gratitude? Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool because every day they do this practice that they call clearing and they clear each other. So they don't like 
what they do is like, if you and I actually, it'd be fun if I started implementing that before these podcasts, because it would have been like, you know, um, just a fun thing to do. But basically you would say something, um, I would maybe ask you a question and then you would, um, respond with your answer and I would repeat it back to you. Mm-hmm. And then I would, um, acknowledge you for something, but I would never really like make anything up that you said. And then you do it back to me. And then we like let go of whatever it is that's occupying our mind so that we can go on to do our work. But it's so beautiful because it's acknowledging that we all have things that are occupying our mind at all times. I mean, our mind goes a million hours a minute. So million miles a minute. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's really cool to use this idea of like starting a business and running a business as a way to, um, to make the world a better place, not just the products, but just connecting with people and creating jobs and community. And I, I love that piece about business. So, um, it's definitely a difficult time right now during coronavirus because so many people are losing that aspect, but like, um, but it's really cool when you have it and appreciating that. Yeah, I definitely feel for me too, that having a business and like learning, you know, I don't have like a business background has been one of the most amazing things I could have done for my personal growth in like every way. I feel like I've like grown in every direction. Totally. Yeah. It's really, yeah. And just like to your point of creating jobs and like a better world, like that was one of the reasons I started is because sure there were great herbal brands, but I wanted to start a business where I could really, um, create a better supply chain on a bigger scale. So like, you know, that's been so important to me. Like at first it was just working with farmers like locally. And now we like work with over 12 farm partners, um, to like contract grow our herbs for us just to like support them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's so cool. I love that growing, um, say that again, growing the supply chain or what were you saying? Just like creating, like creating the supply chain that I wanted to see. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with like globally sourced botanicals, but at the same time, like if my ultimate goal is to save the planet, reduce our carbon footprint and make a more potent product, like that's the route you take. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for what's to come. I, when this launches, it'll be probably like right around the time where you launched your new, um, your new brand, but tell us a little bit more about that and just kind of the difference between the two. Yeah, there's so many new things. Thanks for asking. Um, and it's been really a long time in the works. So we just kind of reached this place and, and we'd hired a full-time person and I was like, I'm such a different person, herbalist, businesswoman than I was when I started, when I had no idea I'd be here now. Um, and so lots of gone into it. And I think like the main thing is building that foundation so that we can grow to, to last a really long time and like be, you know, a brand for a really long time. And so the main things are that like we hired a GMP and FDA compliance consultant to like go over every part of our business so we can get like super up to speed on all that kind of stuff, which is cost prohibitive, time prohibitive. Like it's just, a, it's not something like, I feel like we ran the gauntlet and now we're like, you know, on the other side. Um, cause it's a lot of work. So that's, <laughs> a, yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so now we're, we've done all that, like our copy, all of our claims are like backed by studies and we have like substantiation on all of the claims that we're making. Um, we're, we are now all of our ingestibles are certified organic, which is a huge milestone for us. Um, even though we always use sort of, or like certified organic ingredients. Now we, our products ourselves are certified organic, which is great because I feel like we are approaching that place where we're selling to people who might not have heard of us before. And I just think it's a great mark of trust that we're proud of. Yeah. Um, we joined 1% for the planet. So now we're pledging 1% of our sales to environmental organizations and we're focusing on medicinal plant conservation and community gardens in like food desert areas. So just trying to like build spaces for people to like let go and like learn something and just really, you know, connect with the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is new? So much is new. Our packaging is all new, not only with the art, which I love. And we worked with one of my favorite artists on, um, but, uh, the size is now twice the size for our tinctures, our like powder, herbal cocoa beverages are 50% more. So like more bang for your buck there. Our, our tincture formulas are twice as strong. So we really brought, we standardized everything up to like national spec and what else? There's seriously so much. I mean, that's like on the front end, new like visuals, new, uh, website. That's so exciting. That's all launching like in June. You, have you yeah. ever heard of, um, Catherine Northrup? Christine? Well, Christine is her mom. Oh, no, I haven't. Yeah. And you would love her. And it just made me think of it. Cause you, you're like launching at the perfect time because she, ta- well, she's like a financial person. Um, I don't know what she would like call herself, but she talks a lot about, um, like holistic finances Mm -hmm. and looking at your like spreadsheet. And when you look at your life or your business, not trying to harvest your money and your income every single day necessarily, or at all times, it's like, look at it seasonally and look at how during maybe the winter months, I mean, it's different for everyone. And every season, um, is different. Maybe some brands are harvesting during winter. You never know, but it's cool because she was like, maybe during the winter you're hibernating, but then the spring and summer are the perfect time to launch something because then you can like really harvest and reap the benefits of what you've grown the whole time. So just you launching and like having this hard launch day of summer really made me think of that. And I'm so excited for you because it happened so intuitively. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's so funny. Cause it's like, I mean, when you launch something, you have so much to coordinate and it's just like, how is this ever going to come together? Your timeline's always going to be longer than you yeah. think or want for it to be right. Like you know, that's definitely the case now, especially with coronavirus kind of shutting everything down. And it's like a miracle that we're launching at all. Um, but it, and then once you soften and like trust a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, this is happening in perfect timing. Like it couldn't happen sooner for a million like reasons. It's yeah. (laughs) I know. I mean, imagine like if you were launching in March, like mid March and everyone's like, no, I don't want to hear it. I mean, maybe they would have wanted to hear it because it would have helped people, obviously. But right. being, um, you know, sensitive to the time and whatnot, it would just would have been. So it's everything yeah. does happen in divine timing. Timing, I totally believe that, and I love your products so much. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited to be working with you as well. And I, I can't wait what we create to see what we create together. And and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a great, great.
Oh, well, have a wonderful time. I'm so, so jealous of you over there and <laughs> on your like 400 acres. So come visit. Cool. yeah, we'll have to come visit and check it out one, one day. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thanks for Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. If you're a regular listener of The Fullest Podcast or a reader at thefullest.com, then you probably know I'm really passionate about living a non-toxic lifestyle. And this includes not just what I put in or on my body. It also extends to the products that I use in my home. And traditional home scenting products just mask odors using chemicals and synthetic fragrances which can be super harmful to breathe in on a daily basis so i'm super happy and excited to announce our recent partnership with vitruvi a brand that creates beautiful diffusers and non-toxic essential oils naturally and safely scenting your space Unlike most diffusers, Vitruvi diffusers are crafted using the highest quality porcelain. They're gorgeous and they double as sophisticated pieces of decor in your home. Vitruvi also blends unique aromas to help you set the mood as well. So I'm really excited that they're offering fullest listeners and readers 20% off. All you have to do is go to their website and use code THEFULLEST at checkout and you get your 20% off for first time orders. So let me know what you think. Check them out. I'm really, really passionate about using aromatherapy when you're stressed out, when you're feeling bummed or just need something to light up your day. It's really, really powerful and it makes you just feel great. So let me know what you think. 20% off using code THEFULLEST. I'm really excited to be offering this to you guys. Thanks so much.